thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, uh, I've got a quick announcement, and that is um, uh, we're gonna start this series called Presence People, and and I wanna take a season where we really dive into uh, being a people of worship, being a people that are marked by the presence of God. And so on Monday, June 5th, we're gonna take a night and have a night of worship. It's a Monday night. And we're gonna just, you ready for this? We're gonna, you don't have to come. You don't have to, there's no pressure. This is the zero pressure church where you don't have to go just because I'm saying it. You don't have to add it to your calendar, but it's gonna be amazing. Um, on Monday night, June 5th, we're gonna take a night to worship for an hour. And then Andy Bird is gonna preach for like an hour on worship in the nations. And then we're gonna pray. It's gonna, I mean, I don't know to really go those, those lengths, but it's gonna be a powerful night. Andy Bird uh, is a missionary and uh, we just sent a team to go help his team, which uh, was in Nepal. And so it's going to be a powerful night. It's on a Monday night. And so I want to build up to it. But here's my hope. We'll be right between semesters and small groups that you would be willing to take a Monday night, go old school and go old school church. Like, like old school church, we didn't, we didn't hang out for an hour and go home. Like we stayed for a long, I was a pastor's kid. So I, I grew up sleeping on pews um, in the evenings as it went long. It might go a little bit long, but we'll have a, a night to worship together. I think it's kind of actually a good, kind of like, kind of like a big workout day where you add a, a little more weight to what you normally do, um, where we take some time. We have a phenomenal worship team, so Katie and the team will be leading us. So anyway, put that on your calendar if you want to join us uh, Monday night, June 5th. It's going to be a great time. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want to go ahead and go Psalm 100. It was just in the video uh, as, as we were opening, but I want to take a, a little season here and, and talk about worship and talk about being a people marked by the presence of God, talking about carrying, God, carrying the presence of God. Um, one of the things that happened to me recently was I was talking to somebody and, and uh, Renata and I were having breakfast and this, this, this lady was talking about how uh, she entered into an environment and she said, the presence of the Lord was so strong. And this is kind of a, a strong sentence and I'm not saying that I necessarily love this sentence because this feel graphic to you, but here's what she said. She said it was like, it was like the presence of the Lord was so strong, I felt like my face was melting off. Now I know that sounds weird, but... But as she was explaining it, she was talking with such enthusiasm about encountering the Lord in a place where the congregation was gathered, in a place where the people of God were so pursuing the presence of God and seeking God that just by entering the room, just by entering into the space, she said, I just had reverence and, and I wanted to seek God. And I felt like there was a little arrow in my heart while we were seated eating breakfast. And I just felt like a little whisper from the Holy Spirit where I, I felt like that's, that's one of the things that I dream about for our church, that when people walk into this place, it is not that they walk in and they go, wow, I love the portable thing. Curtains are cool. It's not that they go, wow, I love the coffee thing. That's really awesome. Hey, I like the screamy preacher guy. That's it. Or not that they say, hey, I really think that there's really, you know, good looking people here, although that would be encouraging, wouldn't it? But, but that people walk in and they go, wow, the presence of the Lord is there. Wow. I, I can't even tell you what songs we sang, what sermon there was, what videos, what was on stage. But here's what I remember. I remember the presence of God. 
And so that was a moment that I had at a breakfast. And so I want to kind of, kind of like a battering ram, go after that for a little bit. Psalm 100 reads like this, and we'll go after this. I'll pray after this. Psalm 100, verse four. Jacob put it in the video, but let me just hit it again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks. Say thanks. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. So it gives the why. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues with all generations. Father, we love you today. And God, we ask that we would be a people marked by the presence of God. I pray that we would be a presence people. I pray, Lord Jesus, that now and uh, for decades to come, that on the Sunday morning gatherings or on a prayer meeting or in small groups in our homes, or even um, in parks or at tables where we sit and have coffee, where the people of God would be so close to you, where we have been a people that have done the things that we read about in your word, that we're close, we're friends of God, and that the presence of God would mark us. I pray, Lord, that there would be people in our city that would encounter God because the people in this room here today are walking with you and know you and are close to you. We pray, Lord Jesus, do a work in our fellowship. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said amen. amen. Um, uh, when I was a kid, uh, one of the songs that we would sing is, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I remember as a kid just being like looking around, you know, like, wow, he is, you know, like, but it was singing about a reality. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I, I, and, 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 or, or maybe you might be a little bit, a little bit more recent, but that I don't want to move from this holy, holy place for too many times, right? I've resisted your grace. I, I don't know if you've been there. I don't know if you've been in a moment where you've experienced the presence of God, in a moment where, where God has made himself real to you in a way that you thought, I don't want to move from this place, or surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I don't know if you've been in the moment where you're driving your red Mustang down the road or whatever you drive and you pull over the side of the road and just stop and weep because you're just encountering his presence. I don't know if you've been there, but there's, a, there's those kinds of moments where you go, this is, a, this, this is what I desire. This is what I, I want more of this. Maybe you've had it, Renata was talking just a moment ago about spending time with God in the mornings. Maybe you've had it with your family. Maybe there's been moments that's just you and your, your Bible and your reading and there's revelation and you can sense a, a, a nearness, a closeness where God is renewing you or is renewing your heart and you're kind of being transformed. And maybe it's a moment where he's speaking to you and you kind of have that, that feeling about, I don't want to move from this holy place. I don't want to stop here. I, I, want, I want more of this. Whatever this is, I desire more of it. Some of you, you hear that and you go, oh yeah, I, I've been there. I, I, I like that. Some of you go, that sounds a little bit experiential. I'm not sure that I've ever experienced that or that I want that. That sounds a little bit wild. But I wanna, I wanna encourage us that there's a place of being close to God, his presence. There's a place of being what I'm calling a presence people where, where, you, where you think, I, I, I desire more of that, where God draws close to his friends, where his friends say, I wanna be close to him and I'm going to embrace the things that he's told me to do. And there's a closeness. So when we talk about this, there's the doctrine of the omnipresence of God, which is God is everywhere, which is true. Beautiful. It's, it's, what, it's what we hear in Psalm 139. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And it's the idea you're everywhere. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. That's the idea. Omnipresence. God is everywhere. True statement. Very good. All of you theologians that were wondering what I meant when I said presence, you're going, oh, wait, God is everywhere. Yes, God is everywhere. And also, when we read in the scriptures, there's moments where God talks about his presence or being close. There's moments where God is close to us in a way where we are renewed, where we are strengthened, where we, where we get just a little taste of what it could be like with him forever and ever, where it's just, it's a thin space. It's just, a, it's a little bit closer. You, you know that God is close. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's that moment where you know I have drawn near and God has drawn near. Sometimes God draws near first. It's the sovereign surprise, not based on anything you did. You just had a moment where God was close. You've had those moments where, you, where you've drawn near and, the, and, and you've experienced or encountered his presence. Psalm 34, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So maybe you've experienced that where you say, we had a lyric in one of the songs about uh, going through tragedy or trial or difficulty. And maybe it was when you were in the darkest moment that you experienced God was with me. God was close. It's the old footprints in the sand poem that we read when we were kids about when, you, when, you, when, I, when I went through my hardest times, he was with us. And maybe, maybe it's moments that you say, hey, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he was right there. God was with me. And you would say, there was, a, there was a tangible presence. There was a nearness of God. There was an awareness that God is with me in that moment. It's the Great Commission, and I will be with you. It's that as you're doing what I've called you to do to go make disciples, I'll be with you. I'll be close to you. It's, 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 it's that idea where two or, or, or more are gathered in my name. There I am with them. That's that's Matthew 18 kind of concept of the fellowship, the people of God being together in God's, their presence in a tangible way. David says in Psalm 51, where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Or if you're really anointed, it's old school Keith Green. Saying, Cast me not away. It's like a crying from your presence. Curly hair, 70s. Oh God, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, right? It's that, oh, I've been close before and I desire to stay close. One of the lies of the enemy is to tell you Get a lie in any kind of way to get you to stop being close, to be content to live at a distance. And I want to go into a lot of things in this series about being a presence people, but one of the things that we read about here in Psalm 100 is to enter in with thanksgiving. And I think one of the things, one of the elements, one of the characteristics that could help us be close to God is if thanksgiving to God for who he is and what he has done becomes a part of your conversation with God. If a part of what we say to him, what we express to him is thanksgiving. Luke chapter 17 is a, is a great story. It's about the thankful leper. It's about the 10 that were healed and the one who gave thanks. Let me read it. Verse 11, chapter 17. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity or have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, 
We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 10 men healed as they went. 10 men walked, 10 men healed as they walked. And then one man returned, the Samaritan. And it's interesting to me the way that Jesus responds to the one. I think sometimes we like to put Jesus in our image and then we want a God that's like us rather than the the God that we read about in the scriptures. So we think of a Midwestern man that would look at a guy that came back and thanked him and we would say, hey man, you're cool, all's well. You know, hey, you're good. But that's not how Jesus responded. Jesus' response is this. Where are the other nine? Jesus had an expectation of thanks and praise from the 10, not the one. I think we would think, oh, maybe Jesus is the kind of guy that goes, hey, buddy, I know you're busy. You got bills to pay. You got a lot to do. Hey, now that you're healed, you know, you got a whole new life. Don't worry about saying that. No, you good. And maybe we think of him like, uh, like a Midwestern guy sitting out on his porch that just is like maybe we might be. You don't have to come back and thank me. Move on. Or you would think of him as someone who might respond with, um, oh, I don't expect anything from any of those guys. Oh, it's all's well. But I just want the severity of Jesus' response to let us get the image of what our God is like. When we look at Jesus, we know what God is like. Jesus is God. And here, Jesus, here's his phrase, where are the other nine? That just shocks me. Because I think that for you and me, we live in a place where we constantly think, Jesus is cool with me doing what I want to do. I, I prayed a prayer, got my, say, my, my soul saved in the vault of heaven. I'm good. You good with me? I'm good. We're good. Now I'm going to do what I want to do all week long. But Jesus had an expectation that there would be thanksgiving expressed. Like that there would be a return. Come back and thank him. I mean... So he falls at his feet and thanks him. I just think about when you and I enter in on a Sunday, what we do. Like, I just wonder if when we get up in the morning and we drive, what we do. I wonder if throughout the day, what it could look like if Thanksgiving was a part of our spiritual diet rather than using the fact that we think God winks at us and says, you're good because I know you're busy. I know you got on a lot on your plate. I just wonder if we might Get closer. I just wonder if, if we might feel his smile if Thanksgiving was a part of who we were so we didn't come in. And as we sing these songs, sometimes when you come in here and we have three or four songs before the service and you're wondering, what should I do in that time? Here's what you should do. You should thank God. Here's what you should do. You should praise. Yeah, but I've got, I've got an email to respond to. I've got game seven of the Celtics and the Sixers. I want to see, you know, who, should, who might win today and what the time is. I got to make a reservation. Oh, I got to return this. For, I got to return this text to my friend real quick. Oh, something's going on. No, no, no. When you get here, you enter in and you lock your eyes and you thank God. You enter in. And if you don't know what to say, let, let Thanksgiving be the on-ramp into his presence. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, Lord God, for my job. Thank you, God, that I have a house. Thank you, God, for this nation. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. If you don't know what to do, start there. I mean, cookies on the bottom shelf. 
just enter in and go, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I know, I know when I say this, I know that you think, wow, that seems kind of strict. It's interesting that, that God actually tells us to enter in with thanksgiving. And a lot of times we go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't like that. Like I, was, I read a story about Oprah who said, hey, I grew up in a Baptist church in Mississippi and the preacher said that God is jealous and I don't like that. So, and then she's forming something that she thinks in her own image. I don't want to have that view of God when I stand before him that one day. I don't, oh, David, don't be so mean. I'm not being mean. I'm just, I, I am saying there is, there is the way that God desires to be worshiped. There is what is true about God. And if you make up your own ideas, you're living in error and it's scary. So here's one of the things that God desires. Thanksgiving expressed. Enter in with Thanksgiving in your heart. Jesus delighted in this leper that came back a Samaritan and fell to the ground and thanked him. One of the things that happens in Thanksgiving is you make your life not about you and all your troubles and all your worries and all your goals and all your dreams and all your anxieties, all the things you want to do. And it gets God-centric. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that you're working my life. And you go from being me-centric to God-centric. Thanksgiving's an on-ramp. Thanksgiving's your friend. Thanksgiving's a privilege. Thanksgiving's an opportunity. And Thanksgiving is an expectation. I just, I'm just telling you, 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 if you say, oh, I don't, you know, those people like Will Riddle that jump up and down in prayer and, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm not close to God like that. Hey, Thanksgiving's a step. You, you can take a step. You can take a step where you actually have interior on the inside, a closeness to God, being a presence person because you took a step and you just look for a moment to thank him. So he has an expectation that you will return and say, thank you. So with the leper, what God has healed you of is better than what he healed the leper of. Sin will destroy you more than leprosy will. So if Jesus has saved you, you have more to thank God for than the leper. Jesus has saved you for eternity. So you are the person that gets up and says, I thank God. I thank you. If you go, I don't even know what, 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 what earthly circumstance I could thank God for. Here's what you could thank God for. You've saved me and you're good. You have redeemed me or the way you have rescued me. Oh, I thank you. And then you could go in even the attributes of God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for your word. Thank you that I have a Bible. I live in a time where I've got the word of God, not just in print. I've got it on my phone. I've got access to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You'd be surprised how joy starts to percolate and living in Thanksgiving will be a blessing to your life. I know what it is to miss an expectation. Do you? I, 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 on uh, Friday was Renata's birthday, and I crushed it. I'm just telling you, I nailed it. Like she'll tell you. Flowers were right. Picnic, it was a beautiful day. Little Chick-fil-A salad, what's up? Got the right gift, just what she likes. Super sentimental, romantic. I mean, I crushed it. I got her the right drink, the right, I mean, it was awesome. Little, I mean, I won't go on, but, but, but I, I, I I, I did well. <laughs> but one of the ways that 
I learned how to crush it on her birthday in 2023 is because I did not meet expectations on our 20th anniversary in 2020. I learned. Like 20, 20 year anniversary and we're sitting at a restaurant. I think we're good. I'm looking at my phone. There's, there's really, even, you know, you heard her talk about, you know, Renata, she talked about screens in her video, right? There's really no way to get on Renata's bad side more than to be in a, on a screen on your 20th anniversary at dinner. <laughs> and so, so but, but I learned that way so that next time I can get better. Here's what I want to invite you to. I want to invite you not to walk away with a moment where you say, hey, I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know that I can do it. No, here, learn from the past and get better at this. I enter in with thanksgiving in my heart. So I don't come in and get there and not know when the worship team starts to sing what to do. I'm so bored. Didn't we sing this song a month ago? I feel like we're on too many repeat songs. Oh, I don't like this song's too new. No, shut up and enter in with thanksgiving. Just enter in with thanksgiving. Just enter in. Here's the, I'll, I'll give you this. Thing. You, you, don't, you don't even have to like the song, and you can have a power encounter with God. Yeah. You, you could just, God, I thank you. Thank, and you'll start to sense, oh, God at work. God. And you're getting, you're getting God-centric instead of you-centric. And God, this is what just scares me. God has this as an expectation. And I know we don't like that because we, we like it when our worlds are all about us. We, we like to say, I don't want a God that wants Thanksgiving. When is this about you? Read the word of God and we're told to enter in with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Read the word of God and God incarnate, Jesus on earth. He is feeling delight and pleasure over the one who gives thanks and praise. So don't try to bend Jesus and the word of God around you. No, go, oh God, change me to where I am a grateful, thankful person for the work of God in my life. Help me to become different. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't like that. Well, this is the only God that you've got, so get over it. <laughs> this is the God of the ages. This isn't about trying to bend God around your desires. This is you bending your desires around him. And so enter in with thanksgiving. I mean, just like where, where you can come in and it, you'll get better at it over time. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get to the place where it becomes easier and easier for you to come in and say, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for, I, I, I love to be, my, my dad is amazing at this. He's not here today, so I can just say, my, my dad can thank God forever. He, I can sit down with him and you don't really want to get him started because he'll cry and thank God for an hour. So, so my dad might not have been the guy that did some other things with his portfolio or in the gym, although he's pretty decent, you know, like, but, but I'll tell you one muscle he has worked out for 50 years. I thank God. It's, it's, it's strong. So, so it's easy for him to live a countercultural life because he's been someone who's been thanking God. So thanksgiving's an expectation. Thanklessness leads to foolishness. Listen to Paul in Romans 1. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, that's interesting. This is famous Romans. Paul, I mean, this is, this is Romans. 
This is like Paul's deep stuff. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Oh, well, that's in there. Well, they knew God, but they neither glorified or you could say honored. They neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. Just let the word of God be what it is for you today and just ask yourself the question. Could that be some of us? Oh, I know God, but I don't give him honor and I don't give him thanks. But their thinking became, so as a result, their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. So upstream, you see, I know God, but I cease to honor or glorify and give thanks. And downstream, you become a fool. Downstream, you start to live your life distant from God, not like God, not transformed by God, but in your head, thinking you're close to God. And it's the exact opposite when we read about what the creatures, the heavenly throne room is like. The people that are close to God give thanks to God. Look at this. It's the exact same wording. Revelation chapter four, verse nine. When the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. So those that are in the presence of God close to him, they are not giving justification for why they don't thank him. They're not talking about how difficult their circumstances are. They're thanking God. Honor, glory, thanks. So if in your life you feel like my circumstance is just not good enough for me to give thanks, then you know you're living in error because you're not defining your life based upon the goodness of God. You're defining it based upon your circumstance. So where you want to get is you go, no matter my circumstance, I could be in a prison cell like Paul and Silas where I am, have the wrong food, no light, not the right sanitary scenario. And in the middle of the night, I thank God. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you get in on a little bit more of God, I'm going to enter in Thanksgiving when I'm driving. You could do that. You, 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 could, you could get it in the morning. You could do what Renata talked about a moment ago in the morning. You, you could come in here and you could turn off everything that would distract you from entering in with thanks, praise. Thank you, God, for what you've done. I'm going to enter in with gratitude. Jesus modeled it. Jesus modeled Thanksgiving. We see Jesus as a thanker. Jesus, in John 6, in the story where he multiplies the bread and the fish, verse 11, then Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks. Interesting. Jesus, our example, he gave thanks. Right before he raises Lazarus from the dead, John 11, verse 41. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing there that they may believe. So right before he raises Lazarus from the dead, he thanks God, thanks his father. Right before he goes to the cross, Luke 22, upper room, he thanks, gave thanks, broke the bread, gave thanks. After he was resurrected, road to Emmaus, Luke 24, he gave thanks. So Jesus, our example, gives thanks. I'm telling you, thankfulness is the on-ramp to the blessing of God, to feeling close to him, to enjoying God. As a father and there's, or mother, parents, we got fathers and mothers in the room. 
We know what it is with our kids when they're thankful versus not thankful. I took my kids uh, about seven or eight years ago to, um, oh, what's the, what's the place over here in Missouri, the uh, amusement park? Um, no, 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 no. So yeah, there it is, Silver Dollar City. Okay, took my kids to Silver Dollar City. They, were, they experienced mean dad that day. I, I mean, I didn't mean to be, but, 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 but there, was, uh, there was moments where there was so little gratitude that I remember dinner on the way home. Water, cheese, one piece of cheese, pizza, we done, right? Like that's it, right? Because, because there, was, there, there was tension in my heart because there was so little gratitude. I just, my heart was locked up. A few years later, we took him to Disney World and they were so grateful, they had learned. <laughs> and they were thanking me like crazy. Thank you, Dad. thank you, thank you, thank you. So I was like, let's go, let's get Three pieces of pizza at Pinocchio's Pizza Playhouse, baby. And let's, you, you want some dessert in, 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 in Tomorrowland? You can have dessert in Tomorrowland. You want a $9 lemonade over near the Matterhorn? Let's go do some of that too. Let's go. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. you want $45 ears of Mickey? That's good. Let's go. Let's live it up. We only hear once. We never come back. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> but I'll tell you, there is a difference between the two dads. One, Silver Dollar City Day, heart locked. I mean, verses like, let's go. And I'm telling you, when you come before God and you are grateful, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's something in his heart that looks at his kids and goes, baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't quote that as God, that sounds weird, but that's just, sorry. That's a little too much caffeine this morning, but... Um, I want to invite you to start looking through your day. What can you thank God for? Even as a discipline, get a little bit of that, that Thanksgiving like how on you, where you start to have eyes for it. Here's where you're trained. You're trained in your culture to look at what's wrong. You're trained in your culture to look at how to have a better experience, how to make life more comfortable. That's what we live in every day. How do I get my song better? How do I get my car better? How do I get my finance better? How do I get my yard better? How do, and nothing wrong with all those things, but if those things become a substitute where you don't have gratitude oozing from your heart and it pushes out gratitude, you will find yourself downstream, far from God, a fool. You're, you'll find yourself living. You get that Romans 1 list of the godlessness and it starts, starts with just stopping to thank God. Turn around, return. 10 were healed, one thing. I don't know all the symbolism in that story, but there is something about, the, it's a weightiness to me that one, one returned and gave thanks. And I just want to ask myself, am I, one, am I the one or am I the nine? If, I, if I'm honest, I know we all go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, aren't we all grateful? It's, there's Thanksgiving, I eat turkey, I, I don't know. you know. But I'm talking about like where you're thanking God. I enter into his gates. His, that gates, that's like a walled city. You're entering into where God is at with Thanksgiving in your heart. This is, this is what he wants. So I want to invite you to just look at what would it look like for you to look, how, how, how can I be grateful and find it? Find the things. Find the things in the word of God. Find the things in your own spiritual history in God. Find the things in the present. Even finding things in the future. God, I thank you for heaven. 
I love the illustration that hummingbirds and vultures both look all day for what they're looking for and they both find it. Hummingbirds are looking for what's sweet and they find it every day. They fly over dead things. Vultures, they're looking for dead things. They find it every day. They, they fly over sweet things. The hummingbird finds what it's looking for and feasts. The vulture finds what it's looking for and feasts. And you know what it is on your bad day where you're looking for what's wrong. You're looking for how hard the world is. You're looking for why things didn't turn out, why God isn't as good as the people that sing about him at church on Sundays. Or you're the hummingbird that goes, I am looking for what is sweet. I'm looking for the goodness of God and you'll find it. You can be Paul and Silas in a prison cell and go, I thank God you're at work. I'm just telling you, Paul was overflowing with thanksgiving. So I'm gonna end with this, just like, this is just crazy amounts of Bible, just so, just, I just wanna be Bulldog David for a moment today, and, but just listen to Paul. I just wonder if we could get some of this. Romans 1.8, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. 1 Corinthians 1.4, I always thank my God for you. 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God. Ephesians 1.16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Philippians 1.3, I thank my God every time I remember you. What have you got this over radiant? <laughs> I thank my God for my small group. I thank my God for my family. I thank my God. Colossians 1.3, we always thank God. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we always thank God. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we ought always to thank God for you. 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank my God. Philippian, or Philemon, verse four. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. I thank God, enter in with thanksgiving in your hearts. I'm gonna invite you, if you would, would you just bow your heads? I wanna take a few moments and practice thanking God. So this just becomes like basketball practice where we, we're done at the whiteboard and now we're gonna go do drills and we're gonna go practice it. Just between you and the Lord right now, would you start and just say, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for salvation. Maybe you could even remember the day. God, I thank you that there I was at that Monday night fellowship of Christian athletes meeting when I was 14, you saved me. God, I thank you when I was 27. There I was in the middle of that difficult circumstance and that person at that table led me to Christ. I thank you that you saved me on that day. Maybe you could just picture the cross. Thank you for salvation. Thank you. I enter in. Thank you. It's in me. I'm grateful. Thank you that I have eternity with you forever. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I desire that kind of life in Christ that only Jesus gives. Right here and right now, you could begin your journey as a follower. Just begin with this prayer to God. Jesus, rescue me, save me, make me a new person, give you my life. I wanna spend eternity with you. Save me, God. Go ahead and would you just 
Thank God for the people in your life that you know are helping you on your journey. That place of transformation doesn't usually come in isolation. Those relationships, maybe thank God, friend, small group leader, teacher, spouse, but just thank God. Maybe you can thank God for his work inside of you. God, I'm not where I want to be, but you've been at work inside of me. And that addiction is on the decline. Thank you, God, that you're at work. Jesus prayed right there in John 11. He said, God, I thank you that you hear my prayers. Maybe you could just thank him that God hears every prayer. Thank you, God, that you're listening. Thank you that you care. Maybe you could thank him for the spiritual gifts that he's given you. God, thank you that you have given me the gift of helps. God, thank you that you've given me the gift of mercy. God, thank you that you've given me the gift where I... I've got a pastoral thing on me where I care about people. Maybe you could thank him for just the spiritual gifts that he's given you. I'm so grateful. Maybe you could thank him for the purpose that he's put on your life. Maybe, you, maybe you've got to the place where you can verbalize it and you know. When I do this, I feel God's pleasure. I care about people in Nepal coming to know Jesus. I care about teenagers being discipled. I care about Kansas City, the hurting and the poor, the broken. I care about widows and single moms having their houses fixed up on serve day. I care, whatever, what's the thing that you know, man, God, you've put that in my heart. I'm a minister of the gospel. And when I do that, I feel your pleasure. You could thank him for that. Thinking that you don't have to try to live the American dream. He's got a purpose for you that echoes through eternity. Rewards a million years from now because you're faithful. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that we get to be your people. Oh, the privilege of being worshipers. Oh, the privilege of your presence. Come, touch your people. I ask, Lord God, that as we come out of this series, that we would be a people that when we gather in the congregation from our mouths, with our hands, with how we think, with how we talk, we enter in, and we're erupting with praise and thanks and worship, and gratitude and love. And the presence of God would be among us. The closeness. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. God, we love you today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. I wanna invite our ushers to come forward. We're gonna sing one song together. As we sing this song, don't feel any pressure. Like, oh man, he preached so much on singing. Now I feel like I gotta be. No, just, just enjoy it. Just sing about the goodness of God for just a moment. I just want you to know how much uh, we love you. Renata and I are so grateful for each of you. We wanna celebrate all the moms so big today. I'm so grateful for every single mom that's in the room. And my hope is really, Renata said it, but um, widows, single moms in the room, or if you're online today, you can let us know. It is our heart to be a blessing to you as we go into serve day in July. So, so that we're clear, we're gonna build some serve teams that come and work in your house so that it's a blessing to you. So yes, you can pick up a little Chipotle card, but we're gonna do more than that. I hope is somehow to really help even what we do, because in addition to what we do for people that we don't know, we wanna serve the people in the house. And so we want you to be blessed on serve day. And so make sure, sign up right there. We'd love to be a blessing to you. We actually, you, we actually have people in the church that it's their favorite thing. I had a guy that came to me that said, hey, I would love to go help people in our church. I wanna help paint and do stuff in their houses. Some of you hear that and you go, I didn't think those people existed. They do in the house of God. There's people, there, there's people that wanna be a blessing to you. So, so don't feel any, don't be bashful, don't be afraid. Just go, go talk to them. Go, there's a table just right there. Just sign up and it's gonna be a great one. All right, Father, we love you today. Jesus, you are good, you are faithful, you never change, and we're a grateful people. We're, we're thankful. So we enter in today, every day, with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you will do. Thank you, Lord God, that you started Radiant Church, that you're at work in Radiant Church. God, that the things you have for us are far more than we can even fathom. Thank you for what you have on our city. Thank you for the way that you've worked in our city. I thank you that there are streets named after people that were devoted followers of Jesus, that saw Kansas City as a place that would shine bright. God, thank you for this city. God, thank you for America. God, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this country that has had so many great moments of helping the hurting. Thank you that we live in a great nation, Lord God, where we're protected. God, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're at work around the world. Thank you, Lord God, for missionaries in Nepal. Thank you that we've gotten to see people go and help the hurting in the darkest regions where they've never heard the gospel and go home to home. God, we thank you that you're at work. We thank you for your blessings. We're grateful. Now, God, take what we give. We're grateful. We come before you and with joy, we give. We enter in grateful, thankful. We love you in Jesus' name.